welcome to the latest Mayfair Theater podcast. Uh, we again were waiting for Mel because buses betrayed her, <laughs> as they seem to always do. It's just like Tuesday tradition. Bad luck with the buses. Um, a busy week of stuff. We've been getting a whole bunch of, some stuff's a little further away on the horizon, but we have a bunch of premieres that uh, have been booked lately, uh, holding over a couple of popular movies, some uh, Easter weekend stuff, so a whole bunch of movies to talk about on this current episode. Yeah, Lee literally just sent us an email yeah. as I was running out the door. Yeah, so as I was walking out the door, I was sitting at home kind of mocking up posters. Uh, if any of you are in the theater and see the uh, stuff on the big screen or the stuff in our newsletter, um, I do that of just putting the little coming soon and that kind of thing. So I did some in the last couple days for some horror movies and stuff. And um, just as walking out the door, got an email saying for the new Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, not Deadpool, <laughs> the, new, <laughs> the new Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, which I actually saw him talking about, I think on Letterman, I think on like a real mainstream show. And it, it what's it called? I forget the name. The Voices. The Voices. And it's, I believe, a his cat is the devil on his shoulder and his dog is like the angel on his shoulder, kind of like metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And so the dog is like... I like that person. You should be nice to your boss. And the cat is trying to get him to kill people. So I don't know if it's a horror movie, but it's like a weird, dark indie movie. And Andrew and I were just talking before we started rolling here that I like actors like Ryan Reynolds who are kind of in the Hollywood mainstream, but then come back and do little Canadian movies and do these weirdo movies and stuff like that. So so that happened. I got to go home and make up a poster for that. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to make sure to get it in the newsletter. Yeah. (laughs) But it's been, uh, it's kind of like I said before, like you don't want to get too cocky, but we've been successful with kind of the more off-kilter stuff of late. I just want to say we had a great week. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I text- great couple of weeks, like yeah. two, yeah. three weeks. Yeah. But like this weekend was crazy. Everybody was awesome. I, I texted Mel at one point and, and uh, our, our former manager, Christy, laughed when I passed along this news to her. And I said, yeah, I texted Mel at one point. I said, good thing you're not here because you'd be crying right now. <laughs> Christy is the former manager former of this place. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, and we keep in touch. And often when we're doing special events or anything like that, she'll be on the radar. But she laughed because she knows of Mel's, Mel's tradition of crying <laughs> at emotional events. But... It's just been a fun weekend of people coming in and kind of... Oh, did you cry at, at the What We Do in the Shadows thing? Yeah. When everybody oh, was cheering? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had 140 people for the Friday night premiere. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we had, like, also, we've shown three nights so far and got, like, 90 people on Sunday night at 9, which yeah. is crazy. And then I worked last night, and it was one of those nights where I was like... Yeah, because Sunday, traditionally, pretty dead. Pretty dead, yeah. Um, yeah, Sunday was a good turnout Yeah, and then 9 o'clock. And then Monday was a good turnout as well, and it was one of those turnouts where it was like there was, like, three people at 10 to 9, and I was like, oh, no, and then... 60 people showed up, (laughs) which is nice, but it's always like, come on, people, a little bit earlier. Um, But yeah, so in between that and Imitation Imitation Game, game, which is, of course, a movie that has been out theatrically since, I don't know, they always release the Oscar movies in like December, and it's an Oscar movie, so a lot of press and probably a lot of people have already seen it, but it's, it's nice for us to be able to point at something and say, look at what we do in the shadows, look at Imitation Game, they've played elsewhere, 
and our patrons are nice enough to wait and come yeah, see it. Yeah, what do we it. call this? Like the Grand Budapest Hotel Theory? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is the Grand Yeah, because Grand Budapest did crazy for us, and it was at, uh, I think, a few different multiplexes locally. Um, but tons of people, the entire time that we were, quote-unquote, waiting to get it, yeah. were asking us, you know, we've seen the trailer a few times here now. When yeah. are you guys going to play it? I think and it's also the um, the the Roller Town theory, where that's a little Canadian movie that that somehow made it good for it, but made its way into multiplexes, and then we got it, and I think we did better in one night than it did at the multiplex in seven days. That's entire run, yeah. And yeah, so that's very nice. So yeah, it's been it's been a a busy and fun weekend, and on top of that, there was like a. Um, there was a band in here on Sunday. A band of local dads? Yeah, local dad kid band. And I was completely unfamiliar with them. They're called Hey Buster. But they sold 250 tickets. And on top of that, they let like the little, little ones in for free. So there's probably like, I don't know, it's maybe. probably a sold out event. It was, it was pretty damn pretty near close. packed. Yeah. And then they had like themselves and their family and stuff. So it was a packed house. And the kids were like singing along. Like these guys are celebrities. Like like the little kids knew the songs and stuff. So they had a great time. And that's always a nice ego that's boost awesome. slash fun time when the person renting the theater has a great time and does financially well. Yeah. Because they sold 250 tickets at 10 bucks a piece. And their capacity is 325. Yeah. And and then they sold they said they sold a bunch of albums and stuff. So we had that, and then we had a a a dog rescue rental in. Was that Saturday? God, yeah. there's been so much. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much going on. And then that we had, there was like a, only one. I was wishing there was more dogs, but there was one rescue dog in, and they did like a little, like, they were publicizing some local groups and stuff like that. So between like rentals and new movies and, and bookings coming up, and it's just been nice and hectic. Very yeah. nice and hectic. And I think our, our genre fans who might have been feeling a bit left out in recent months when we've been doing so well with... Oscar type movies like like Birdman or whatever or or kid stuff like Paddington, I think they're happy because we've booked a handful of horror films or or genre films in the upcoming months. Yeah, and it seems All the way like through July. Yeah, and I think it's good. Like some people are like, I want it now, but it's kind of nice. I mean, like, you know, the the trailer. To make you shiver with yeah, anticipation. The trailer for Star Wars came out like 14 months early, so if we can say <laughs> this yeah. is coming in three months. And it'll be more than one day. You can know it's coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so even with our weekly schedule, we have that information on the website and well, everywhere. Well, like and that. that's exactly it. It's nice to be able to let people know that something is coming up, that they can sort of put it on their calendar, even though we're not booking a full month ahead of time. Yeah, because we, we booked a movie called Wormwood, which I've heard about, mm. maybe because it was at Fantasia, I forget, but I heard about it. And its, its tagline is Mad Max meets Dawn of the Dead. And it's a low-budget Australian... Well, the poster is... Crazy... Gross. And yeah. By gross, I mean awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have that coming up. And then I believe on the complete opposite end of the genre spectrum, one called Spring. That looks really good. And yeah. that's... That's I June 5th. June 5th, and Romantic? Yeah. Like a romantic horror? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a romantic. It's this guy... He goes to, I guess he's in Italy, mm -hmm. American tourist. He meets this, you know, beautiful woman. He's, you know, falling for her, and she's all like, "Hey, like, you know, I'm weird. Yeah, you might want to stay away from me. Yeah, something happens to me. Like, 
in the springtime or something. Okay. Um, so I don't know if it's like a vampire type movie. I heard it was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If something vampire. happens or like to her. Poster, or tentacles on the poster. Cthulhu. Yeah. It might be something yeah. Cthulhu-ish, but it's. I think it's like a, the trailer does a really good job of kind of teasing it a yeah. bit without giving you the you know. And I heard it's like detail. it's it's a Richard Linkletter esque. Oh wow! Horror film. Oh, like mm. uh, like before uh, sunrise. That's what. I, so that's I don't a, know. That's a cool idea. So I don't know if this is true, but that's what I heard. It's a it's a what if Richard Linklater did a romantic horror film? What if Ethan Hawke? Yeah, you know, so, met Julie Delpy and she, you know, wasn't so sweet and nice. Yeah, so that's what I. So that's kind of cool too, because you know, horror films often deservedly get a bad rap because I mean, if you look at the percentages of good kid films, good. Westerns, good musicals, and then good horror films. It's really low. Like, like I love horror films, but it's you know, forty nine out of fifty. Well, this, this whole this whole uh, spring movie is kind of interesting because I feel romantic comedies or romantic films and horror films are kind of I can draw a correlation between like. Um, they're usually good and bad for the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like if romantic comedies and horror movies are done very cynically and kind of lazily, you know, just to like give stars something to do or just, you know, follow a trend, they suck. Yeah. But if they're, you know, done with some heart. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, and they can still follow the rules, but be not just be... Yeah. There's like a Harlequin romance book. Like there's, I don't know, a thousand million Harlequin like romance books. Steel. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and they have an audience who just read it over and over again. Like the formula. But it's the same. But then every once in a while, someone, I'm sure, will come up with a romantic book that's off-kilter, yeah. that gets attention, and because of that, because they're so, they're, that genre has existed for so long. Yeah. yeah, it's done It's done sort of with inspiration rather than, like, you know, some sort of cynicism where it's yeah. like, well, torture porn was popular, or torture porn's popular this week, yeah. let's do another torture porn movie. Let's do another movie. one, yeah. Well, even, like, I mean... So horror movies seem to be getting better. I think so, yeah. With, with the stuff that we're showing, like these these horror premieres, like they all look pretty interesting. Well, I, I was madly in love with um, Babadook mm-hmm. and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. And... Like arty kind of horror films. Yeah. It, like Girl Walks Home Alone at Night especially was just like... I missed that one. Oh, my Did God. Did you see like, it? I, I mean, I didn't see the whole thing. You know what I mean? I get like 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. Yeah, just beautiful. Like I watched that, and I was just like, I think more movies should be black and white because it, it, it looked mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it was really and good. like really like cheaply done. I think probably like you know, I think shot so. digitally, very low budget, no yeah. budget. Yeah, and it was just like you know a handful of actors. I'm sure most of the people involved were like friends and family, mm-hmm. in, a lot of the background people and stuff like that, the kids in the movie and stuff like. But I'm. It's one of those things where I want to see what what that team whether like if the director works again with the same cinematographer and what like does next because hopefully with the recognition of this and I, and I think it was profitable for them and got some good film fest cred if they get like just a tiny bit of a larger budget and what often happens is some star will notice and then want to hop on their next movie like oh yeah because girl was executive produced I think by Elijah Wood Right, but and I believe, Vice. Yes, but Vice I believe magazine. that was like after the fact. So like, say Elijah like they started Wood, their own. I don't know if it's a distribution company or just a production company. Yeah, so like doing. Elijah saw it at some film festival and liked it and said, "Let me help you." Slapped his name on it and 
kind of got it out to the masses a bit more. You know what was a really good recent horror movie, speaking of Elijah Wood, is the remake of Maniac. Oh, man. Yeah. With Elijah Wood. It's he pretty damn good. creepy. He's really creepy. The way, the way they did it where it's um, totally his point of view. Yeah. It's really well done. It's really effective. And it could have been, again, it could have been just this crappy, cynical, you know, um, kind of hackneyed. Remake. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and I always, I get defense. Like a half-assed remake. Yeah. yeah. Which it's not. You forget it's a remake. Yeah. Because I, I get defensive of remakes sometimes because there's this blanket state. It's the same thing I get defensive of when people say there's no good movies coming out anymore. And I thought of it just when com- completely different genre, but like we're we're screening a movie called called Get right now, yeah. which I've learned now. That's my my one word I know in Israeli because that means divorce. <laughs> I knew. See, it's Get G E T T, which is a it's sort of permission in in sort of um, Judaism to get right. a divorce. It's like okay. you need like permission from a rabbi or yeah. something like yeah. that. I knew what that word was because they talk about it in the Coen Brothers movie, A Serious Man, oh. where his wife, his wife is basically just bullying him into a divorce, yeah. and he has to go to a rabbi and talk about getting like a, oh, I need a get. Oh, well, yeah, it's the ah. same thing. But it makes, because like, that's a movie that it was like Oscar nominated for Best Foreign Film, amongst other accolades, and I don't know what, it, it didn't cost much to make because it's like, a dozen people in a, in a court case. They never go outside. They change clothes because the movie takes place over five years. But besides for that, it's like, I don't think there's two dozen actors in the whole movie and probably six or seven of those are background of just like someone shuffling files and doing that kind of thing. But anytime somebody says there's no good movies, I always, and, and poor Michael Bay, I beat up on Michael <laughs> Bay, but you know, poor millionaire Michael Bay, but I'm like, it it. it's your fault because you say there's nothing good and then Michael you, Bay says there's nothing Mike, good. Michael Bay. No, people people say there's nothing good, and then go see Transformers Four just because they have nothing to do on a Friday night, and then people who go to the theater to hang out. Yeah, and I'm like, but then there's movies like Get, which I'm sure make a, I don't know, like Transformers Four made a billion dollars, so yeah, so they make a fraction of the like of money. A, a not even one percent of that, and. There's all these good movies out there. So, so that, it just made me think with remakes is every time I think people say it's remakes are bad. If you see the preview on cable, it seems people forget that, they, that there are other movies out there. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like there's, there's a lot more content out there. Spend some time looking at previews on yeah. Apple. Because there's a lot of bad remakes, but there's a lot of bad everything. Yeah. And in the past couple of years, there's been like the Coen Brothers True Grit or Maniac or mm-hmm. I really liked Evil Dead, the... the the, which wasn't really a remake, but a re, a rebranding of the franchise. I, see, here's what here's what drives me nuts is they they're trying to come up with new words. Yeah, because they don't. It all started with Tim Burton's remake of Planet of the Apes, where they called it a reimagining. Yeah, they're using all these like pretentious words to like cover up the yeah. fact that oh, it's a remake. And the the latest word the remake yeah pedantic yeah yeah <laughs> the the latest word they're they're talking about. Rebooting Halloween again, yeah, but they're calling it a recalibration. Oh, and I'm like, uh, isn't that what? what they do to cars <laughs> or TVs? Yeah. See, I like it when they at least. The, That's the, what we do the Coke machine when the when the yeah CO2 and syrup mm. are off. They, I like it when at least a re whatever has a different title or a different incarnation. So I like that the current run of Planet of the Apes movies both have different titles because because it is confusing when you have 
like Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is just called Planet of the Apes, and the first one is just called Planet it's of the Apes. It's a straight Apes. remake. But they're, you know, you, you can have the, 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 the year in bracket behind, but then you got, the, the weirdest one is you have The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. which is a remake of The Thing from Another World from like the 50s, and then, when, about like five years ago or so, they, they did a, a, not a remake, they did a prequel, but just called it The Thing, which means you have two movies in the same franchise called The Thing. And I was like, you can't do that. You can't, like, that's really confusing. And so you do have the distinction of one's called John Carpenter's The Thing, but if you take that out of the, the title, you have a movie made in whenever, 2000-something, and, one, and the, the, the prequel movie ends where the Kurt Russell, John Carpenter movie starts, and they're, they're both called The Thing. Because they're trying <laughs> to cater to people who haven't seen John Carpenter's The Thing or Howard yeah. Hawks' The Thing, um, and at the same time placate the fanboys who love John Carpenter's The Thing. So yeah. they're trying to cater to both people by making it a remake slash sequel. And, it and seems, they're, do, they're doing that a lot, and it kind of drives me and nuts. And it seems now we're in an it's age, odd. the last couple of years, of really short, simple titles. Um, like Furious 7? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought it was, I, I know a few Frozen. years... Frozen. Yeah, even like, you look at Disney titles where it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and now it's Brave, Brave Frozen, Tangled, like really simple titles. And I know the original, I believe the original script for the, the Jason Siegel Muppets was called something like The Greatest Muppets Movie Ever, kind of in the tradition of Great Muppet Caper and, and, and uh, Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Take Manhattan. And then they change it to just the Muppets for the same reason where they want to be like... It's, I wonder when that started. I think it's just like... It's I don't like know. ants. Ants, Aladdin. yeah. Or if they're like... I mean, Aladdin makes sense. Kids but. don't like syllables. we got to keep this as simple as we can. And, this has to be able to be pronounced by a two-year-old. Yeah, and fewer um, subtitles, it seems, where it used to be, say... Uh, you know, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, whereas lately it seems, especially with kid movies, it's Kung Fu Panda 2, Toy Story 2, 3, just keeping it nice and simple. Yeah. So they just, I guess that makes it easy to keep them apart on a DVD shelf or something. Well, I, I love, uh, I'm super excited for Mad Max, and it's yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, right? which is a great title. And yeah. they could have just called it Mad Max. They could have just said, screw it. Like, you know, yeah. there's people who remember these movies, there's people who don't, we'll just call it Mad You know, they could have gotten really lazy with it. Yeah. And they it, gave and it this cool subtitle. And as much as I'm not a fan at all, I do think it's kind of neat how they called the movie Man of Steel versus Superman, mm-hmm. just because it adds a little bit of mystery and different to it. And, like, history. Yeah. And, and like, with, like... Didn't he have other names, nicknames, too? Man of Steel Man. and... What is he? I don't know. Man of Steel was one. And then, like, well, for Batman, there's, like, The Dark Knight, which, same thing, they didn't call it Batman The Dark Knight. Um, the Cape Crusader? Cape Crusader. They they're probably yeah. going to make that movie, the Eventually, Cape they have to, they, you know, but... <laughs> they're going to run out of titles. And even now, like, I, I like that they're, um, with Jurassic Park, I always think it's lazy, because, like, Jurassic Park 3 was called Jurassic Park 3, and the new one is called Jurassic World. So it's a small little thing, but I just find it nicer than just slapping a numerical on the end of it, because it just seems like that they're not even trying. They're just like, ah, it's called I mean, it. they just took the first two titles and smushed them together. Yeah, I yeah. think there's, but. like, there's one of those uh, uh, straight-to-DVD rip-offs, and I think it's called Jurassic City. 
<laughs> which I really like. I would watch that. I will watch anything with a dinosaur That's in amazing. it. I'll watch anything. Even if it's like, what, there was a movie, oh, what was it? One of those Terrence Malick movies that kind of, was it Tree, Tree of Life or something? The and New there, World? And there was a scene with a dinosaur in it, though. The Tree of Life. Yeah. And um, when the dinosaur showed up, I was just like, a dinosaur? This makes everything better. Like, any movie with a dinosaur slapped into it, I will just watch. And even, like, I recently stumbled on that movie called Baby from, like, the early mid-'80s when I was a little kid, and it's called Baby Legend of Something Dinosaur. And uh, I don't care. There's a dinosaur in it. I'll watch it. I'm going to point out that we have people sneaking past us right now. The projectionists. So our projectionist guys are sneaking past us. We're, we're going to get a training, training lesson after we're done this podcast on some of our fancy new uh, DCP projector stuff. So that we can do our jobs better for you people. Yeah. <laughs> there's Just a lot of buttons. More professional. There's a lot of buttons up there. Yeah. I, like, I like Larry. We're, it's all the little bells and whistles that are fun, but not necessarily needed. Like, I really want to do more DJing before the movies, which we've done pretty well at. But right now, we're so spoiled with technology because right now the iPod we have plugged into our DCP projector is what, like eight gigs or something? But I brought, I found my old one and I brought that in. Oh man, and, and that works. We have That's, too many iPods. Yeah. Well, mine, mine is 16 gigs. Because like eight gigs, it's so funny. Like back in the dark ages when I was in like high school, uh, eight gigs, is infinity. It would seem eight gigs, you know, I like, like... I have two little shuffles. One is one gig and one oh is yeah. two gigs. So eight gigs is like the ocean. Because we have one that's like 80, but unfortunately it's not compatible with the automatic system on our on our. Oh, DCP. so it's not broken. It's not broken. I thought it, it was just, broken because there was so much stuff on there. Because right we don't now, make iPods like that anymore. Yeah, because right now we have it magically set up where the the artificial intelligence projector is smart enough to turn off the music and start the movie, which is amazing to me. Uh, but yeah, it's fun, just little things like last night we are playing. Maybe we can program it to give its own booth tours. Yeah. <laughs> if the door's open. <laughs> we're going to, every time I'm like, I'm like, we've all seen Terminator, right? We know, we know we're leading down to a path of destruction here <laughs> with all of our iPods and robot dog toys and everything automatic and fridges that won't let you into your house unless you go buy some milk and stuff like that. But... <laughs> What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> an asshole fridge. But, uh, yeah, so last night, like, or, like, uh, a couple, on Friday night, we have uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula soundtrack, so I played that before Flight of the Concords, and it's always fun, because sometimes people will ask on, like, Twitter or Facebook, or, like, what were you playing before this or that, and so it's fun to kind of play the little, like, movie trivia game before the movies by putting in something appropriate, or, like, on the day where Leonard Nimoy died, we were just playing... I just played Star Trek. Star Trek music. Con, 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 yeah, con. and people were like, what are you playing? And we were like, Star Trek. And we were like, oh. I, I, I actually played Flight of the Concords, the second album before Get. Yesterday, <laughs> yeah. It was a good you know, the little, the little old lady, four o'clock matinee, and I'm like, people didn't show up till like, you know, five minutes to... Yeah. And I got a little worried because, like, the music's playing and it's like, too many dicks on the yeah. dance floor. I'm like, oh, maybe I should turn this off. <laughs> That's what I'm always afraid about, that it would it would automatically hop over to, like, The Exorcist. Something inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. and it would have that, like, horrible exorcist. Because we played it before, because, like, and I think it's so funny that you could, you know, buy a CD or get the iTunes of The Exorcist soundtrack, of which there's, like, a seven-minute cut of, like, 
horrible bee noises and like violin just going like. Argh. Well, isn't there a part in the Shining soundtrack that's like that too? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. It's either that or um, I don't remember. Because there's but always these. I was playing it one day and I was like, geez. Because is... people, um, we had a lady here with a rather sissy young gentleman <laughs> before. <laughs> Um, oh, I've seen a lot of those. Before the, si- the sissy husband, the, the, the sissy husband, and the and like the pushy wife. Yeah, or or, or, or well, in this case, it was a, a a a young man, like ten years old, might have been her grandson or something. Oh, was but, it wasn't her husband? No, I thought, might, I thought you were like, oh, her sissy husband. <laughs> sissy husband. I've seen that too, though. Um, and she was asking about the trailers, which I, which blew my mind a little bit. That because like we all know that like especially trailers for a matinee they're not going to be some, like, uncut red band trailer. But I guess she was afraid that it would be something scary, like we were going to show, like, like the Babadook trailer in front of Paddington. So I told her, I said, no, we actually, it's, like, a rule where we can only show PG trailers in front of PG stuff and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but you do hear these horror stories, and, and I, I think it, often it is the, the unguarded multiplex where, and it was a little while ago, and it was whatever the latest... Texas Chainsaw remake slash not remake was, and it was supposed to be a matinee screening, and the projector started up, and it was a Texas Chainsaw movie, and I'd seen that Texas oh, Chainsaw God. movie, and it wasn't good, but besides that, the opening scene was brutal, like this brutal opening scene. So that pops up, and you know, any movie when it starts up, like say if these kids were coming to see Smurfs or something, it might start up and be like, if it's Texas Chainsaw, like some trees or some whatever, might not know what it is right away, and then, bam, horror movie starts. And I'm sure people ran out and were like, this is playing, but there was nobody on guard, so then that probably played for five minutes. Like that, that scene in Fight Club? Yeah. Where they splice in, like, genitalia in the film. Essentially, yeah. But I always kind of double-check, because I'm always like, I want to make sure that, you know, Baba Duke isn't about to screen for our SpongeBob matinee yeah. or whatever. I'd say we do a pretty good job of keeping on top of that. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, like sometimes we by mistake show a trailer for something that we're not showing anymore, but yeah. that's about the yeah. worst of it. Something <laughs> so, that we've shown already. Yeah, like I, I think just recently I remember like Birdman came up on the last day of Birdman, or it might have been like before. That's happened before too, where it's like, uh oh, and it's like Birdman before Birdman. Oh no! But it's rare. <laughs> like it's, I, I remember it's only happened a couple, and it was back in the day of. Uh, I remember once it was Matthew was projecting on film. And that happened, and it was movie trailer before movie. Uh. And he felt bad, and he basically yelled to the audience, was like, I'm sorry, that's what you're about to see. Uh, forgive me for putting on the In wrong case trailer. you forget what yeah, you're about yeah. to watch, yeah. here's a refresher. This is your last chance to see the trailer before you see the movie? Yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's, like, a, <laughs> it's like on TV when they do that, here's what happened last week on Mad Men. Yes. Marketing for Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> on the tales of Still Alice. Still Alice, poor Still Alice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot we showed that movie. Oh, jeez. Someone just, it's always funny because we try so hard to spread the word, but somebody just popped up on Facebook and was like, oh, did I, did I miss Pride? And I'm like, yeah, sorry, you know, but it was like, it was there, and we advertised it way in advance and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Oh, I got, I got a weird example of that. I was um, outside... Uh, changing the posters in a marquee, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it was Halloween. There was some sort of thing going on at Targ or the Black Squirrel Bookstore, and this guy came up to me in a uh, V for Vendetta costume with the mask and everything. That's weird. And he came up to me and he's like, 
good evening, sir. How are you? I'm like, I'm okay. How are you? I am good. I would like to ask you, will you be screening 20,000 Days on Earth, the Nick Cave documentary? And I'm like, we've already shown that. Oh, that is a shame. Will you be showing it again? I'm like, I don't think so. He's like, oh, that is too bad. I would really, and he's like, what's going on here? What? <laughs> Are you a supervillain? <laughs> if that's your actual voice, that's okay. But yeah. I doubt that it is. My favorite thing about the, 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 I know it's not a V for Vendetta mask. I know it's a, a Guy Fox mask, but most of those that you buy now you can either buy it like a comic store or something like that, and if you look on the inside, it'll be stamped with like copyright 2010 DC Comics. So some stand-up comedian recently pointed out the that people trying to fight the power, like are, corporations, yeah, are buying these masks off of the internet or off from comic shops for ten bucks a piece from a company owned by Warner Brothers. <laughs> so it's just like a little, little bit backwards. Uh, it, it's hard to fight the power nowadays because everybody is the power, you know. Power. No matter what you do, but, but yeah, it, it's, it, it is the frustration of people saying, are you going to show this? And we did like six months ago or, or even, oh, it just happened. Like when, when we, um, we lost It Follows, but we still have a coming soon poster up and we hope to have it back soon. Mm-hmm. I, I just realized by, by the way it sometimes works, we might end up having it back around the same time anyhow, because we were supposed to start at April 10th. So maybe we'll yeah. have it like the week and after. And then I think you got bumped up. Yeah. And yeah, and but uh, I don't know. We're supposed to get it after uh, the other guys are done their initial run. Yeah. Which I mean. And it started last Friday. Week, might be two yeah. weeks, you know. So it won't be like next year. Like we'll have it still soon after. Yeah. It but won't s- be this Friday because we just yeah. we just finished all the scheduling. But. But somebody asked if we were getting it, and I had to kind of hold my tongue and not be super sarcastic. And there is the, the. I don't want to give my, 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 my uh, secret, but you, you, you put a, a smiley face on the end of anything and you're fine. You know, <laughs> that's all you got to do on the internet. So I just kind of pointed out, I said, well, if you, it was before we had it pulled. And I said, well, if you look at our, the front page of our website, or if you scroll down a few spots here on Facebook, or if you go look on our Twitter, or if you uh, are in the theater and you see the trailer or the poster up, you'll see that it's uh, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> And the guy was nice enough to respond with, oh, you know, sure, make me look bad. Make me look like I'm not paying attention. But it's funny. And but he's it, one of our regulars. Yeah, but it, it, it's funny that people are surprised. And it is the most frustrating when it's like, it's a movie that stopped like the day before and somebody's like, oh, I've been dying to see this movie. When are you going to show it? Uh, we just did. <laughs> Sorry, you missed it. Maybe it'll come back, but might not. But yeah, um, but, yeah but we did... Again, because of weekly scheduling, we are able to hold over movies. So if you can't make what we do in the shadows this week, we're having it all next weekend. Mm. And I can't recommend it enough. And then uh, I guess we should start talking about some of the other movies we have upcoming that we might... What did we, well, we didn't talk about Vampiros Lesbos. Oh. We have Vampiros Lesbos. This is, this is going to be a treat <laughs> for, for those who wanted more... Late shows, and we kind of did a couple. Those were mourning the loss of the Saturday Night Cinema. Yeah, if you miss Saturday Night Cinema, which we've discontinued, this is pretty much Saturday Night Cinema. (laughs) It's pretty much a Saturday Night Cinema uh, type film on the marquee. It's (laughs) it's from it's from uh, Jess Franco, the prolific Spanish director, who's sort of considered a 
he's been called like the Spanish Ed Wood. Okay. But at the same time, he also was, you know, he worked with Orson Welles on like Chimes of Midnight. You know, he worked in like the French New Wave. And, uh, but he also made like these crazy exploitation films and like borderline porn stuff. He made apparently like, um, I don't know, close to 200 films. Oh my God. A lot oh. of them with like, he made a lot of movies with like Christopher Lee and Klaus Kinski. See, it's always folks like that, like, like himself or Ed Wood or, you know, any of these guys making Sharknado-esque TV films. And then I look at Tommy Wiseau and I'm like, all the other guys in this kind of like cult genre did a ton of movies. And Tommy has done one in 12 years. And that always fascinates me that he hasn't like, done well, because more. the room for, I don't know, with him, it's like the room has become this cottage industry. For yeah. Him. So it's like, you know, it's, it's still. But how like do you even do. Cash cow. Two, so those 200 films are over, what, like 40 years? He's turning one out every Yeah, years. I mean, he died recently, but he lived to be like 80 or something. Mm -hmm. And he just kept making films. I mean, eventually he just started doing cheap kind of digital stuff. Yeah. But I think his his secret or what, what his method was, was he'd shoot a lot of movies. He'd shoot like two movies at once without okay. like, he'd shoot like, I think he'd shoot a movie with Christopher Lee. He'd shoot two movies with Christopher Lee and Christopher Lee would think, oh, I'm only making this one movie. Yeah. So he'd pull all these kind of weird low budget tricks. Yeah. And Vampiros Lesbos is a, you know, obviously a lesbian vampire movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's set in Istanbul and it's I like, like both of those things. The soundtrack <laughs> is amazing. Um, you can look it up on Spotify or whatever. Vampiros with a Y, Lesbos. Amazing. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino used a bit of it in the Jackie Brown soundtrack. Oh, nice. And on, on really a, funky soundtrack. On a sliding scale of porn, is it porn or is it like... I've only seen snippets of it. The movie makes absolutely no sense, but I mean, right. it's a fun watch from what I've seen. I can't say that I've seen all of it. I will see all of it when we show it. Yeah. I'm pretty but sure it's, that it makes sense that vampire ladies become lesbians. Yes, that's, that's all. That's all we need. Do you have a that's, cycle? that's the only. That's science. Oh, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never thought of that's that. Science. <laughs> science, right there. Yeah. You should. Uh, when we show it, you should tell people. Tell you do, you when you're selling. If you're selling tickets, you can introduce night, tell it. people. Just By the way. Tampons? Yeah. <laughs> should, should, should throw like tampons, like, like you throw spoons at the room. It's like, <laughs> it's like ginger snaps. How ginger snaps was a, uh, what's the word? Like an allegory for a, a young woman. Becoming a woman yeah. hitting puberty. Well, yeah, like, like well, werewolves are, werewolves, it's an yeah. allegory for puberty. Yeah. 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 Or, or being a Marvel mutant. You get all the crazy powers when you hit puberty. Yeah. But the, the, the Vampires Lesbos is, I always like it when a movie poster is red because it looks so good with our Only at the Mayfair banner. Yeah. And but that poster is badass. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. It's super cool. And sometimes it's hard because this, the, the, I don't put, like, if it doesn't fit in our banner, I kind of got to find a different poster for it or whatever. But this one just fit per It looks like it was made for it. Mm. And uh, so, yeah. So, I'm like, everybody who's been coming out for Eraserhead and uh, our midnight movies like that. So, thank you for supporting them. But here's another here's reward. Another yeah. And come out and see this one, too. And because now it's like, it's like now I have, like, more and more ideas in my head. And it's just like. If this keeps up going, we're, and if, if Wormwood does well, and if all these movies do well, it's just it's great because then we have an excuse to do it again, to, to, to take up our space yeah. on our one screen and, and show more movies for people. To still keep doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and like, I love, and I love, and it's great when, like, In the Shadows does so well because it's such a tiny movie with, like, little in the way of advertising. 
And even just the little drop in the bucket that these ticket sales will go towards them, they'll notice that. They'll be like, wow, a, a theater in Canada is getting you know, good numbers and is inviting us back for scheduling us for a second week. Mm-hmm. That means that the distributor who does that kind of thing, like somebody was asking me lately or recently about the movie, oh, what's it called, Roar? Oh, I, yeah. And, um, and, and I said, well, I can't guarantee. I really it, want us to show that if we can. It's distributed by Draft House, and we have shown, I think, like a dozen Draft House movies. So I said, that's a relationship that. If it has a Canadian, I think it has to have a Canadian distributor. Yeah. But like even uh, a worm, Wormwood, I think, is Draft House. So I think if it gets through Draft House, we can show it. So. I said, I, you know, no promises, but that it is on our radar, of course, because it's Draft House and we, Alamo Draft House is like our, our much more successful American brother to the South. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Who actually is allowed to get their liquor license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but they're in, in crazy Austin. And we have great customers here, but Austin is known for, you know, their theater and their, their film festivals and their music festivals. And they seem to like crazy support this kind of stuff. And we definitely ride their coattails a bit in their programming of whenever they distribute an old or, or new film, we jump on it if we can. But if we can get Roar, we, we will for sure. And probably show it again as another late night or even, man, I, I would love if like kind of our slow nights, like Sunday and Monday at nine could become our like B-movie nights mm-hmm. because we've had a little bit of evidence of, of, you know, if, if the matinees are, are the kind of more Oscar old folks movies and the weekends are a little bit more mainstream, but if on Sunday or Monday or Wednesday or Thursday, if the, the, the cult or genre fans will come out on, you know, school nights, on, on work nights, um, and if 90 or 100 people will come see what we do in the shadows on Sunday night at 9, or, or Blade Runner. Blade Runner did really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, easier for us to kind of say, yeah, let's take a risk and put something there. Yeah, because those are the days that we'll rent the theater out to other folks because we're not as busy for some reason. Yeah, and it works well because like we'll have local film festivals or other events, so it you know helps pay our bills, gets them yeah. in here, and then we can show other stuff around it. But uh, I remember even like a while ago, um, we showed the Warriors on a Sunday night. Yeah, that did really well. And people came in, this was a couple years ago, people came in, like, costume and stuff. Yeah. And there was this, like... like I love when people come in costume. I, I mean, I, I work Rocky Horror, and so it ends up happening for me once a month. But, like, yeah. people came in costume more often. Yeah. I, I don't know. I give stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, uh, the, my favorite, maybe my favorite ever, was when the guy came dressed as the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and it started as a, like, I thought it was a joke where it was, we, we had had uh, Big Lebowski on, and then somebody made a joke on Twitter about, oh, if I dress up as something from Raiders. And I said, oh, I'm sure we'd find you a prize. Yeah. And he goes, what if I dress as the boulder? And I said, if you dress as the boulder. I don't know where you're going to sit. Yeah, we'll but... guarantee you a prize. So cut to like two months later, and he starts posting like behind the scenes footage of making him of, making, <laughs> making making of the, the boulder. a boulder a couple photos and I replied and I was like I totally thought you were joking I didn't think you were. <laughs> and so he shows up the day of and he couldn't get in the front door <laughs> so we had to let him in the side if I remember correctly and then his friend had a little cardboard cutout indie and they, they stood up by the projector door in the back 
and he chased him down the aisle. That's amazing. And I was just afraid he was going to, like, fall and actually boulder his way down. And he couldn't sit in. He had to take it off. He had to get, like, three people to help him take it off because he couldn't sit down in the boulder costume. But, but that was great. So I'm, I'm waiting for... I am sure this summer we'll have some more announcements soon of everybody's been asking about Back to the Future, of course, because it's the we're in the year when Back to the Future 2 takes place yeah. in. But, like, I'm pretty sure you don't have to fear our Back to the Future yeah. and our Indiana Jones triple bills will happen. Yeah, but I want to see Marty McFly's and Doc's and and I, I want a DeLorean here. Now that I know that we <laughs> might have a contact with a DeLorean, I, I, want, I, want a, I want a DeLorean to come and, and, and park out front. A DeLorean, I'm sure, if it just parks on Bank Street, a, no, no who's, cop, who's no cop gonna, would. <laughs> who's going to honk at that and be like, get out of my way? Yeah, put on your forehead flashes, that's fine, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. But yeah, so I think this summer we'll have even more announcements soon of uh, probably another cartoons, all kinds of cool stuff. It's just great. It makes me very happy that people are coming out for this stuff, <laughs> yeah. Al- along with our, our grown-up mature movies. But uh, yeah, so I think we have to wrap up soon because we're going to get ready to go and learn how to use the projector. Brain learn. Better. <laughs> we're going to brain learn. Well, we got Wild Tales this weekend. The yep. Argentinian, is that how you say it? Argentinian? Yep. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Anthology film. Yeah, which looks really good. Like dark comedy. That looks great. And uh, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. For the, for the, uh, I'm very glad we got this because a while ago, it seems like an alternate universe now. We were like, oh, grown-up movies are doing well for matinees. Yeah. But kids' movies started doing very well. So I'm very glad we got SpongeBob because... I can't believe this, but it's been 11 years since the last Spongebob movie. Yeah, and this is supposed to be a sequel, is what I was reading. And yeah. so it's like 10-year hiatus. Yeah, and is, but it's by all I the same... I hope they do a recap at the beginning. Like, yeah, it's all the same creators and um, a lot of cool guest stars in it. and So I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be our Easter weekend matinee, so you can bring up the kids. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I, was, I love Spongebob. So that'll be fun. And then we, and like we said, um, uh, another chance to catch Invitation Game and What We Do in the Shadows. Come see What We Do in the Shadows with a crowd. Yeah. I can't think of the last Everybody time. Everybody was laughing. Yeah, I can't think of the last time there was such a good crowd reaction to a comedy here. So. Uh, and his, Domain uh, Clemens' character sort of makes me think of his Ronald Chevalier character. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen yeah. those clips. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I find them hilarious. And then uh, we'll be back next week to talk about all the other stuff and remind us about More stuff we <laughs> forgot to talk about. I'm going to see Imitation Game tonight, and uh, so we'll talk about that even though it'll be gone. <laughs> but, so, okay, so we're going to go and uh, get educated. Educated. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we will uh, see you back here next week. All right. Okay, bye. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.